Hello, everyone. Welcome to part two of August Ask the Amigos. Uh, we are going to be taking more Discord questions. We got a ton this week, uh, or this month, this past month, Aaron. Uh, we're going to start with Simulant. He asks, have you ever seen the movie Buffalo 66 with Christina Ricci? Absolutely. I love okay. that movie. Then you will know about what he's about to say. Okay. The guy needs a wee so bad. Has there ever been a memorable time when you've just been bursting beyond belief? Many, many times. Uh, keep in mind that I drive for a living uh, often, and especially with the virus breakout, the, the, especially right when it first started and everyone was sort of kind of caring, mm-hmm. get, going to places you would normally go to use the restroom where now you couldn't go. Uh, so I can't tell you how many times I've been out in the sticks and I got to go. You know, and, and and so what do you do? Well, you know what you do around these parts. You find a nice little field somewhere, and you That's let, right. let nature take its course, mm-hmm. I guess. And there's also, I remember when my uh, I used to stay at my uncle's house, and he had an outhouse. That's another time where you'd have to desperately pee, but you did not want to go out into the snow or the rain, <laughs> or you wish the thunderstorm would end before you went out there, and so you're desperately holding it back to try to, try to get that to, to, to make that happen. What about you? Um, many times in much the same, uh, probably the most memorable time was we went, we did the 50 mile hike when I was in Boy Scouts, 50 miles is a long way to walk. And, uh, we did on the Greenbrier River trail, backpacking, you know, tents, everything you're carrying Mm -hmm. it all on your back. And every day for lunch and dinner, we'd eat these little Denny Moore. Are you familiar with Denny Moore, Aaron? Oh, yeah. Beef stew and whatnot. That's right. So these things, they were designed for the microwave, but you can put them in a pot of boiling water and you eat those. So we eat those all week, okay? By the end of the week, we never want to see Denny Moore again. Yeah. So on the way back, we stop at a Western Sizzler, okay? Steakhouse, right? I go to town at this place. Huge salad, just a huge steak everything you could possibly want big dessert and everything and then you know 20 miles down the road i'm like oh it's on and of course when you're driving on the turnpike in west virginia you don't get rest stops in like every 15 miles yeah i mean there there could be a 45 minutes to an hour between there's even a place where you can stop yeah so that is probably the place that was the, i literally thought that i was going to die i thought that i was going to die you know and I'm sure I've mentioned this story before, but when I was in the band, uh, we went to Tropicana Bowl in Cincinnati, and mm. it's a it's a it's a it's a band competition where they have rounds, right? I think there's three rounds, mm-hmm. and we went out and, and it was raining, it was muddy, it was a disaster. We had guys flopping around, and amazingly, I don't remember how this happened, but we made it to the second round, which we were stunned. We'd already packed the bus. <laughs> And so I remember everyone's like, yay. And I, and I was like, yeah. So we had hours for the second round. So we went to eat. And we went to, and I, I had, had not been here recently with the White Castle. Oh, yeah. And so I loaded up on the White Castle. And we're walking to the field. And my gut is like, you're in trouble. <laughs> and I, you've you never know, I've seen always... a, a funnier looking march. And I didn't play a lick. I couldn't mm-hmm. play. Oh, no. And we no. marched, luckily for me. Luckily, and this was an act of God or somebody, the band, as we marched off the field toward where we were going to you know, end up, 
we marched right past the, the, the bathrooms. And I literally <laughs> marched right out of line with my instrument into the can. I have done that before. <laughs> I have done that before. Um, in fact, at the hurricane competition, the you know, the very first competition of the year, I don't know if it was like this when you were in high school, but it was always at hurricane. So you never, it was, you yeah. just were there for exhibition. And I was so nervous because you're a freshman, you, you don't want to mess up, that I, I was having the stomach issues. Yeah. And but as we were lining up to get in line, Line, you know the the bathroom at the high school is right there on the corner. I just marched right in. <laughs> you know, so. while we're on the subject, did you have you seen Buffalo '66? No. This is a much to a must watch film. It really? really is. The premise of it is this guy's mom. This guy bets all his money on Buffalo to win the Super Bowl, right? Okay. And they lose, and they lose because uh, the kicker misses the easy kick. It's just like real life. That's what happened in real life. Yeah. yeah. And so this guy can't pay the bookie, and so he ends up going to jail. And he's in jail, in prison. Hmm. So when he gets out of prison, his only goal is to go back and kill that kicker. That's that's the premise of the film. So it's, it's like Kill Bill. No, it's it's just it's a real weird, moody but f- cool movie. I recommend it. It gets okay. ass on occasion because the director is out of his mind, but mm-hmm. it's a good good movie, good good okay. flick. Yeah. Um. Simulant also asks, once when I was in the States, I ordered something called Canadian bacon when in a diner. It was really odd, and I'd wondered if you'd come across it and what it actually is. It didn't seem like bacon. It's sort of like bacon and ham. It's or thicker bacon. It's, it's like with, a it, it's like a it's it's cooked like ham. Yeah. But it's it's tougher than ham. That's right. It's we get it on pizza a lot here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone just straight up. I mean, you can buy it in the stores. I don't yeah. get it. You get it on breakfast sandwiches. You know, yeah. like at Tudor's, McDonald's. You ever get it? No, I, mean, I, yeah. I go with the shaved ham if I'm given an option. Yeah, it's not the shaved it, ham melt. It's sort of like bacon and ham had a chunky kid. I guess yeah. that's. Yeah. That's so uh, stupid. Roshi asks, what's the fastest you've ever gone from being super into a game to never wanting to play it again? You have a thought on this one? Uh, a lot of games, most games that I play. That's, that's everything in Boat's life. You just described it. Yeah. He's super into it, then he hates it. Yeah. The Chud's uh, like that, but with a longer uh, longer half-life than you. I was really excited by the guy that made Katamari Damacy. He just put out a game called Wadham. Uh-huh. And the like, I just I was trying so hard to like it. You know, I bought it and yeah. I was like, man, I'm into it. I love it. I love it. But then I was like, I hated it and it was the worst thing ever. So yeah, well, Rise of the Robots because I bought that and I mm-hmm. couldn't wait to play it. And then it sucked. Uh, that one comes to mind. Uh, many MMOs I tried over the years. You it would be like a honeymoon period. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, is that all there is? There's nothing else there. So, yeah. Right. But the, 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 that one comes to mind. It's any game that I paid money for, which was not something I did often at a boat. But if I plunked down hard-earned dough and the game sucked, I was not happy, boat. How about Armageddon? That's another one. That's, <laughs> the thing is, you have to before, you have to fall in love with the game first, and I was never in love with that game. That's one of those. That's like when you pick up a chick at the bar, and then you take her home, and you realize that it, everything about her is repulsive and wrong. <laughs> that's basically what that is. Uh, Roshi also asks, um, if you were a DJ, what would your DJ name be? What do you got? Skills. S K Y L Z. 
That's kind of generic, though, isn't it's it? It's kind of awesome. How about DJ Fancy Pants? I'd go with that. Mm. Would you spell it in any kind of cool guy style? You got to. Fancy. Mm. Like P-H-A-N-T-Z-Y. It'd be F-A-N-Z. No, you got to start with, if you're not starting with a P-H, you no, might as well take it home. It's F-A-N-Z. Okay. F, uh, let's see, P-A-N-Z-E. Fancy mm. pans. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And then yeah. I would wear, here's the kicker, Boat. I would wear pants of a beige persuasion. Ah, see what And then when people I... were like, wait a minute, aren't you fancy pants? I'd be like, yeah. They're like, your pants aren't fancy. And I'd be like, aren't they? Ironic. Yeah. Hipster. I That's love right. it. Um, would you use the same name for your side career as a break dancer or b-boy, or would you have a new one? No, I would keep that. See, that's the good thing about fans, DJ Fancy Pants. You can use that because you could be, you could. Uh, I'd get the parachute pants out for the for the for the uh, break dance, and I would. Break then you those would pants have out. fancy pants. What's the closest you've ever come to buying a pair of parachute pants? I've had I've had three pair. Really? Yeah. I would have a pair right now if I could find a pair that fit me and they were still around. They're super comfortable, man. Mm, they got a bunch never... of zippers on them. I was always afraid as a child to walk into most of the stores in the mall. Um, I was just intimidated by like the gap and all these places because I, I, I didn't I wouldn't know what to do, you know, if I if I went into one of those places. So um, but I'd always spy sort of when the parachute pants craze was big, when it was hammer time in the United States. I remember seeing them in stores, but just being afraid to, to go inside. This was way before hammer. I had parachute, parachute pants. pants didn't exist before hammer. Oh yeah, they did. I had parachute pants in seventh grade, and I like, guarantee you, MC Hammer wasn't out doing his uh, idiot dance when I was in seventh grade. I can tell you that right now. Where did you get inspired to do that? Steel Magnolias, break dancing, break dancing was around before MC Hammer too. Hmm. So you know, we'll agree to disagree on that one. All right, fair enough. Uh, let's see. Simulant asks, do you wish there was a way to buy and own physical copies of digital media without it degrading so you can keep it forever, such as your favorite TV shows, movies, and music? There is. That's my answer. <laughs> Isn't there already that? Let's ask, let, let me read this question again. Do you wish there was a way to buy and own physical copies of digital media without it degrading so you can keep it forever? So without I guess it means degrading, like actual discs we're or talking about tapes. Like, we're talking about stuff like, you know, like videotape and discs are not going to last forever. Bit rot, yeah. dry rot, gut rot. You know, I, I don't even care. I, so I guess my answer is no, I don't, I don't, I don't care because I, I moved to one. You know, he I says, love how are, videotapes, but those were all going to get converted to digital anyway. Okay. And so, I, and the thing is, listen, that that crap takes up a crap load of space, y'all. Mm -hmm. You know, listen, we're living like kings here, but you can store that crap on the edge of on the point of a pen. You know. True. And so, the second part of his question is, how are you going to preserve your favorite things for your own family and future generations? Let me answer that one. I'm not, and I don't care. Because guess what? Future generations aren't going to care what I like. If they want to dig it up, there's a million other people that are into that stuff that make it their goal in life to be data hoarders. I'm done being the gatekeeper for librarianship Future for all my old MST3K episodes. Yeah. Listen, I, I'm, I, I want to think that my kid might want to someday look at my stuff and think to myself and think how great it is. But and I try, I, the years have not pointed me in that direction. <laughs> And really, most of the stuff that I would archive is just crap that I downloaded anyway. So there right. you go. 
pictures or something like that, I can see that. That's about it. Yeah, I, but yeah, I don't think he's talking about pictures. Maybe now, our term- show, Bo. But maybe you think you think my kid and maybe someday your future kids might want to go back and watch the Amigos and all this crap. So they could understand their pops better. They might. That might be kind of neat. Here's the thing. Here's what I, if I had, you know, I am childless, but if I had a child, I would think much more about how am I going to teach my kid to not be a total jerk when he grows up rather than how am I going to preserve my Super Mario Brothers so he can play it and love it when he gets to appreciate it. And you teaching your kid that would be a tall order. Bam. That's true. I would never be able to do it. Chris Folds asks, do you think the CIA wrote Winds of Change for Scorpion as a form of Cold War propaganda? You know, I used to like that song a lot. I like the Scorpions. The Scorpions! Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll never forget as a kid watching the commercial, them coming to the Civic Center. They were playing the video for Rocky Like a Hurricane with those people in the cage, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, look at that. It's one of my earliest concert memories. I'm like, well, look mm-hmm. at that. I didn't go see him. But... Were they, did you say they were at the Civic Center? Yeah, they came to the Civic Center. I mean, mm-hmm. I was a little kid when I saw the yeah. commercial. I don't know what year that came out. It was sometime in the 70s. Uh, but uh, uh, I've heard that idiotic thing, but I doubt it. I mean, listen, the Scorpions did occasionally do sort of like a ballady song. Mm-hmm. Everybody know? did. All those, yeah. all well, those I mean, they, metal bands did. It's funny, people. Uh, the Scorpions, I don't think they actually speak any English, do they? I think they're, they, they did that. Well, was basically, I'm sure that, that they can. You know? no, I'm, sure, I'm sure that they can speak English. I mean, I don't think that there's anybody that... Uh, that is singing. Actually, that's not true. I know of a couple bands that do, but I don't know. Do you think the My. CIA thought the Scorpions had enough jack? That's that. That is the real question. It's like, did the CIA seek out the Scorpions and be like, "This is the band that we want to bring down the Berlin Wall"? I mean, really, if they the, were going to do that with anybody, it would be the Hoff. He's the only one that had the jack to get it done. No, well, I don't know. I, I'm not buying it. I think the Scorpions probably did write that one. Ricky DeRosha asks, which computer or game do you consider to be the prize of your retro collection? Well, the computer, not, well, I, the Vectrix is right up there, but it's not a computer. So I'm going to say, I'm looking over my computers here. The Coco 3 and the Amiga 1000 are very close. Um, uh, uh, to be honest with you, and the Amiga 1200 is great too. Uh, so, but I'm going to say the Coco just because really hilariously, it turns out it's one of the more rare. <laughs> the mm-hmm. Coco threes good. Those things are hard to get these days. Um, in terms of software, <sighs> Lionheart, which is a wonderful gift, uh, uh, is right there. I appreciate that every time I look at the shelf. Um, I'd say it's probably my prized bit of software. I, I really like having that up there. What about you? I know you've got like all the NES stuff and whatnot. Yeah, for as far as hardware goes, um, you know, it's funny. You said the two things that I was going to say, either the 1000 or the Coco 3. Yeah. I mean, those are both jewels, crown jewels in the in the pantheon of uh, retro computers. Who'd have thunk that, Boat, that you'd be able card-carrying Coco 3 lover. I love I know, that. And I still appreciate that, man. I'm so um, glad I got you that. Although, I mean, to be honest with you, because my collection is so small, everything I have, I love. If I don't love something, I don't keep it. Yeah. And so, like, I'm just looking around, like, my Mac Plus. Like, 
I love that. I think it's an iconic machine. I love looking at it on the shelf. I don't love playing it so much because it's it's really hard and it's really stubborn. But uh, as far as the software goes, it's definitely not one game, but it's my collections of Activision 2600 games and NES Black Box games. I mean, yeah. I love having them displayed on the shelves the way that I do. Just looking up at them, it reminds me of when I was a kid and I used to go into Video Vault and they'd have all the games up on the shelf. And it's like, I could go over and I could pick up any one of those games right now. I love having that feeling. It's weird to, for me to collect software. I mean, I've, I'm not saying I'm collecting it. I've got, I got some over here from those crazy deals we've got in California, and some and some very nice listeners that have sent me stuff, uh, uh, and which is cool. And I have, I have to admit, I have bought some uh, uh, on and off, but it's I don't have the space to be a big software collector or mm -hmm. hardware collector anymore. I mean, I pretty much, I pretty much hit the wall. I was thinking today what I would like to have to add to the collection. I just nothing pressing you know i'm pretty happy with, like you said i'm pretty happy with what i've got yeah yeah um pixels of dawn asks favorite film by decade 80s 90s 2000s favorite film by decade mm -hmm. oh man i gotta think about this for a minute because i'm not sure when this stuff come out i'd say in the 2000s i would go with almost famous I love That's that a great movie. movie. That's a great movie. Great movie, great soundtrack, and the mm -hmm. feeling it gives you. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I should watch that with Eep. She'd like that too, yeah, I think. Great, great film. Um, gosh, you know, my, my, I'm not good with remembering uh, what year things came out. Why what, don't what, you name off a couple? Give okay, me well, I'll start with the that. 80s. In the 80s, there's a, a film adaptation of a Neil Simon play called Brighton Beach Memoirs. Love that. Love that. Love that great, movie. Yeah, great I'm surprised movie. to hear you say that because I love that movie. I'm surprised to hear that you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I figured you'd give me the blank stare, but no. yeah, I've watched that dozens of times. Yeah, I can quote a, it verbatim. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, 90s, probably The Sandlot. I love that movie. Um, 2000s, uh, probably Hairspray, the uh, the Broadway filmed adaptation of, uh, of David Lynch's Hairspray. Or not David Lynch. Uh, what's his name? Come on, tell me. I don't know what I, It's not David Lynch. Who wrote Hairspray? You mean old uh oh gosh, pencil pencil mustache man. Right. Right. You put me on the spot here, but Pink Flamingos guy. Yeah. Anyway, him. him. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay. So move yeah, on. Waters, yeah. John Waters. John Waters, yeah. Um, I'm gonna say for the eighties. I'm going to go way back, and I think this was released in the early 80s, but it, it could have even been in the 70s. I'm going to go with Annie Hall. I love that movie. Um, Annie Hall's great. All oh. those are, are – we've talked about our uh, issues with um, with uh, what's-his-name, but those are, those are still great films. Yeah, and then 90s, you know, and I – this is the one that pops into my head. It's sort of a generic answer, uh, but I think it was from the 90s, uh, I think – um, it was Shawshank Redemption. I really liked that movie. I read the uh, that's, a, that's a movie that I, I I feel like I should watch because oh, everybody gosh. loves it, but I've never seen it. It's it's funny because I read the short story. I was in the I read the Bachman books that Stephen King wrote under a pseudonym, or and the story in the book is so um, short. It's a it's mm. a it's a novella, mm -hmm. and it's I mean the sort of the backbone of the story is there, but there's not. I mean, they flesh it out to the nines. It's just a well-acted, uh, inspirational film. Uh, 
So that one, I would put it on. I would put there too. Now I've left out some of my favorites, but I don't. I look at comedies. I guess Andy Hall's a comedy, but I mean, in the seventies, I would probably say. I think in seventy nine it came out. Would it be Airplane? Well, Andy Hall's from seventy seven. Oh, okay, to well there you go. So then, I, then okay, what year did Airplane come out? Look that one up. That that's one might, definitely from the seventies too. I would it? say. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then Naked Gun would be in there. Did you uh, get into the um, Did you get into the uh, the Brat Pack movies at all? You know, Seen Elmo's all, Fire I watched and Breakfast all that. Club, and yeah. I didn't like Seen Elmo's Fire that much. And Pretty in Pink, and mm-hmm. I mean, they were entertaining. But I I'm having a hard favorite. time recalling all of these people's names. This guy's name is John something too, right? The director of all those movies. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Air, airplanes from eighty. Okay, so that'll be your, oh, so that, that will be my eighty yeah. one then. Okay, just under the wire. And of course, uh, Empire Strikes Back was from the '80s, and it was awesome too. But Airplane, yeah. I love that movie. It literally, I base my life around its teachings. Both. <laughs> All right, Blue Train asks our buddy Chad: Are there any interests that you have had but no longer do, though wish you still did? I'm just trying to think of interests that I stopped doing. <laughs> I pretty much should have con karate. I juggle a lot. Well, I mean, that was—I mean, that was a long time ago. Um, you need to stop moving the cord. It's oh, I'm causing sorry. mic issues. I'm sorry. Um, I would say um, programming would be on the list. Um, I should—I should have stopped doing that. Um, Me neither. Nobody should have. We'd all be rich. Yeah, yeah. I just don't like to feel like I'm left out. Because uh, I know a lot of people that program, and I feel like that I'm the dumb guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I and program, I don't even know enough of that to be dangerous. I don't know much of anything about it, so I would say programming, but you know, I think I, it's it's sort of a cop out, but I can't think of any better answer than that. I was poised, Aaron. I was born at the right time to uh, to accelerate my future through a degree in computer science yeah me too you know um i i graduated high school in 1999 um and uh right at the right at the cusp of the dot-com bust um and lots of people were telling me that i shouldn't go into computer science because this this had just happened and um you know it, it was it was uh Actually, I guess it was before, but people were already telling me that it was the, the bubble was going to burst. But I could have been at the forefront of all this stuff. But I think the the, the biggest loss for me, like you like like I said, was just feeling like this was something that I was into when I was a kid, and I stopped doing it because it was hard. It got hard, and I was lazy. And that's it. It could have been anything, but I know that 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 is the reason why I stopped. It was like, boy, this is this is this is. This is something that's going to require effort, so I just gave up. You know, for me, I'll tell you something, uh, not to throw, throw it under the bus, but that uh, what really soured me to programming was when I took a programming course and that we programmed on the, those godforsaken Apple IIs. People, I mean, if you look at Apple as a significant stride forward and as a technological achievement, I can't argue with you. Yes. But it's a, those things were cantankerous like sketchy little annoying things they they their basic was weird to boot them was weird they didn't always work you would lose your stuff and i remember getting so mad that i couldn't port my stuff over to an apple because of the way the basic 
and I got frustrated. Now, what you said was also true with the being lazy, so that was probably creeping in. Uh, but I mean, I remember distinctly. I was like, "Yeah, screw this." <laughs> I remember mm-hmm. the exact last time I perked was on a was on one of those Apple twos. I was just like, "I'm done with this." I didn't like I didn't like them. That probably didn't uh, affect didn't help my attitude with Apple. You know, yeah. over the years. Yeah. Uh, Simulan asks, as a kid, I rode my dad's brand new ride. Oh, okay. Let me start again. As a kid, I rode my dad's brand new ride on my lawnmower into a tree. What is the most expensive thing you've ever broken? I got to think about what do you got? Um, probably when I, on the same day, I stepped on a nail home alone style when I was mowing the lawn of my trombone professor's, uh, house. Yeah. And earlier in that day, I'd accidentally let go of the mower and it careened down the hill and put a huge scratch in the side of my roommate's car. Um, so that was not a good day. Uh, that was probably the most expensive day in recent memory. Um, I, I didn't get, I did have to, you know, I paid for the repair to my roommate's car. Um, but, uh, but I've never broken. I mean, like I've never broken a window with like a baseball or anything like that. Like your classic kid stuff. I, uh, I would say I, one time I was, uh, you know, where the, um, uh, feed supply places there on main street as you're heading towards Cologne. Wits. Wits. Oh. I was pulled in there one time, and I remember my parents were leaving town for the weekend, and I was planning a party, and I was I was just dropped off Rich. I was I was turning around to go home. Rich was local. Yeah, Rich. He just, lives in Hurricane. Rich lived right right down the street from Wits, uh, oh. across the street, uh, towards Hurricane, and uh, I uh, was sitting there, and I was barefoot. I was driving barefoot. Don't do that. No. Uh, this, and my uh, my foot slipped off the brake, hit the gas. I careened into traffic, and and I knocked the rear view. I knocked the right mirror off of a BMW. Oh, oh. Yeah. That. So that's there. And also, I remember working on a mame cabinet, and it was a vertical mame. This thing still exists. It's not an evil Matt's house. And I was adjusting a box I'd made to interface the computer to the arcade monitor, and I wasn't paying attention, and I let the uh, VGA cable slip into the monitor and explode the monitor. So those are the two things I remember distinctly being very angry about the, about doing. Yeah, don't drive barefoot. I did learn that lesson. Hey, we're in West Virginia. What are you going to do? Yeah, I'm sure there's been stuff like I've backed into my dad's car before and caused some some pretty major damage. I backed um, into Teresa's car a couple, about a year ago. You know, it <laughs> so, but I've never I've been very lucky. I've never been involved in a, an auto accident uh, with two moving cars involving people I did not know. Although on the, my my only trip to Mud Mountain, uh, a car sideswiped me. And uh, he could have just kept going, but he pulled over and I pulled over and he paid for everything out of pocket and stuff. So, um, but anyway, yeah. Mud Mountain uh, exacts a toll, but it does. It does. Chris Folds asks, what is the game you are most proud of finishing? I worked forever to beat, uh, I believe it was Super Mario Land. That was probably, I hate to say it. Is this the one on the Super Nintendo? Uh, yeah. Super Mario World. W- World. That's it. World. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I, and I remember working at, on lunches uh, to try to beat that game. And I remember the day I beat it, and this is mundane to most people, but it was I, that game was tough for me. Yeah, I was very pleased with myself uh, for have getting have gotten to the end of that one. So that one would be up there. Also, when I, I beat Neuromancer, that one would be up there as well. So those are the two that come to my, right off the top of my head. For me, it's definitely uh, Final Fantasy III. Uh, I worked, I mean, for years, because I, there was a part of the game that I was just stuck at, and I couldn't figure out what to do. But when I finally did that and, and finished the game, I was so proud. I had my mom come down and watch the final cutscene and, and tell me, and she was riveted, let me tell you. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, Final Fantasy III was the game I was most most proud of finishing. Yeah, yeah, that that's uh, much more heady stuff. I, w- I could never have beaten that. Simulant asks, Aaron and Boat are very likable people. Thank you, Simulant. But... Have you ever fallen in love with someone you shouldn't have fallen in love with? Yes. <laughs> what about you, Are you Bo? just going to leave it at that? Yes. Okay. I, I think everybody that I fell in love with prior to meeting my wife, I shouldn't have fallen in love with. I mean, maybe uh, because... Um, you know, 99% of the bad decisions that I've made in my life have been direct results of, of being in love with the person that I shouldn't have been in love with. Um, or at least uh, caring too much about that relationship. Like my first serious girlfriend that I had was when I was in, a senior in high school. And, uh, and I was just totally obsessed with this girl. She lived in St. Clairsville, Ohio. We were in neighboring show choirs. That's how we met. And, uh, and, just you know i wasted so much time just like thinking about that relationship um and it was i I basically just destroyed a lot of the happiness i could have had my senior year because of that and then when i graduated from college i was like well if i graduate from college i'm never going to meet anybody so i got involved with this other girl because i was like well i know that she's a sure thing and uh and so we ended up getting engaged and that was how i ended up moving to dc right out of school uh, with her and then that didn't work out mm-hmm. and so that was it was a it's a bad a bad move uh and so uh yes yes i've i've been involved most of my relationships i should have not just even started you know the funny thing with the relationships and uh just to pick this up a smidge with the relationships and jobs we talked about earlier about jobs you lost or whatever i've always liked to think that things will work out uh, I, because you know I'm a, a a ridiculous moronic optimist, both. Yes, absolutely. That's uh, what and, I like about you. And so, I I uh, have never lost a job or had an issue like the question described that I don't think worked out in my favor or will in the future. So there's that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to think. I think there's only been one relationship in my life that. I we had like an amicable parting at the mm-hmm. end, and and the, uh, the rest of them were just just horrible horrible mistakes. Well, you were okay. You came out ahead, my friend. My, I did. Came I did. I finished ahead. strong. As yes, it were. you did. Um, Lord Soup asks: A top modern studio is going to remake an Amiga game to the best of their ability. Whatever you choose is going to be a five star remake. What game would you choose, and which studio would you hope to do it? Oh man, we've looked, I'm gonna look over my list of my stuff here because we've looked at so many games. I thought to myself, they really need to redo this game. 
you have anything spring to mind? Uh, I, most of them. <laughs> you know, like I could take any any Amiga game that that is well loved and say, okay, here are three things that you can do that will take this to being one of the all time classic games of all time. Like take Lionheart. You know, Lionheart is very good in almost every yeah. way. I probably just have, wouldn't pick that one because it's already great. Right, but there are some things that you could do, just very simple things, like making the controls a little bit different, um, to, to make the, or making the levels a little bit shorter, making the game a little bit easier overall. Um, but I think that if I was going to, you know, any game on the Amiga... Boy, that's a that's a tough one. Do none of them spring to mind to you? Well, I mean, the obvious ones. Some of them already been done. A game like Shadow of the Beast, which was mm-hmm. not a good game but looked awesome, was ripe for Rubik. They did it. They remade it. Uh, right. Uh, uh, a game like uh, you know, one that comes to my mind instantly was it came from the desert, which was way ahead of its time, uh, and uh, could use a modern storage capacity to make it. 50 times more awesome. That one jumps you know, to mind. That, that's what I'm, my answer is just going to be all of the CinemaWare games. Like Defender of the Crown, like if, if they could remake that now and make the action sequences better and make the troop deployment system more comprehensible, they could make that into a fantastic game. Well, the problem with that one is that the game is... What gameplay elements would you... Uh, I mean, you could change them, but I mean, really, what gameplay elements are going to get better? I mean, what my look... Like, here's I'll th- the reason I, make, I picked... Uh, it came from the desert, is that you've got... One of the problems we ran into was just repeating elements and stuff, mm-hmm. or that overhead thing in the hospital that you end up running out. Like those could be, you could really work that into something. Another one, Rocket Ranger, would be another that would be ripe to redo. But they redid like what was a great cinemaware game, Wings. Maybe their all-time greatest game, right? They right. Re, they remade it, and but they were smart. They mm-hmm. changed the one thing that you could tinker with, which was the actual combat parts the you know how fast it ran and the resolution they kept everything else and it's a it's a flawless redone classic you know so uh but uh but wings was already a great game what i want to do is take a game and i i guess uh uh, i guess defender of the crown would be a good choice in the area where you had a classic game, but no one comes up to me and is like, "Man, I love the gameplay and Defender of the right. Crown." Right, and that's the thing you you keep the you keep the skeleton of the game there. You keep all the same events, and you ch- like, for example, the, the the fencing part, or you know, whatever they call it, the raid where you're using this thing. Yeah, and everybody knows that that's garbage. So you turn that into not garbage, which is very easy to do. Now I know um, the the company you need to have remake Defender of the Crown, and uh, it came from the desert, Rockstar. That's who I want to see doing. No, I'm serious. Uh, because uh, if you ever played like, uh, did you ever play that game they did based on the Warriors movie? I think it was called The Warriors. Right. It wasn't. It, I didn't like the movie that much. It was okay. It's a sort of a cult classic, but mm-hmm. it was actually did a good job. And they didn't mm-hmm. like. They also did. A, they did a ping pong game. I mean, those guys are t- very talented. They are. They're they also very good have studio. roots in Amiga. And mm-hmm. I think uh, they could put together something. I'm not saying I want this to be GTA Medieval, right? But I think they could. I think it, they would respect the source, but it ain't give it some gameplay elements that it desperately needs. Yeah. All right, and that's going to do it for this week's edition of Ask the Amigos. We will be back next week to conclude all of August's questions. We'll see you guys next time.
Adios.